Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's September. I don't know why I'm saying that for. We've already released one episode in September. But it's September, just to remind you all. And we're back again. Back again with another shitty sequel. Yeah. Something we've done a lot of on this podcast. And this still isn't the worst one we've done. No. Up there. Up there. It's it's a close call. Um, in comparison to the original, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah pretty much up there as one of the worst. Yes. So as many of you know, Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop is a masterpiece. RoboCop Two is a fine sequel. Today we're talking about neither of those. We're talking about RoboCop Three from nineteen ninety three. Yeah, RoboCop. Filmed in 1991, but not released until the end of 1993 due to Orion uh, going bankrupt. Already a good sign to uh, the start of this film. Yeah, I'm surprised they went bankrupt. I mean, was it 90? Oh, I suppose 91 would have been Silence of the Lambs, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's Orion. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm. It's bad business practice if you can't get a profit from Silence of the Lambs. That's true. That's true. Uh, written and directed by Fred Decker. Mm. Uh, do you know, this guy's only directed a handful of stuff, but still is a legend amongst cult, cult cinema. Uh, you know, Night of the Creeps, amazing. The Monster Squad's great. Uh, he directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, he wrote The Predator, The Return of Godzilla, House, as in the 80s house. Teenage Agent, Ricochet, and more. Um, yeah. How Fred Decker managed to get this so wrong is beyond me. He's better than this film would suggest. Yeah. But he's also gone on record pretty much saying that this film is his fault. You know, well, he doesn't blame anyone. Yeah, well, he said what haunts him is the screenplay. Mm. Uh, he said he felt that if he had another writer who had written a screenplay like his best friend Shane Black, uh, he would have had a different perspective and strengthened the roles of the actors in the film. Well, I mean, come on, Fred Decker, it's still your job to strengthen those actors behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, based on characters by Edward Numier and Michael Miner, uh, co-written by the legend that is Frank Miller, who wrote RoboCop 2. He did the RoboCop versus the Terminator comics and video game, which I had when I was younger and was obsessed. Uh, he wrote... Sin City, 300, and some of the best and most famous graphic novel runs for Daredevil, Batman, Superman, Wolverine, and more. Like, if anyone should have got this film right, it's absolutely Frank Miller. So to see his name on the credits is is shocking. Do you not think the film feels comic booky? Not enough. Not Frank Miller-style comic book. Um, because Frank Miller does a lot of the darker stuff, like Batman Year One I read and Long Halloween, really, really dark, borderline horror comics. Uh, and of course, you've, you've seen Sin City um, and how dark that is. Um, yeah, and, and of course Daredevil, you know, it, these are really more edgy, more adult Mm. comics so with a franchise as violent as robocop frank miller going into it and of course robocop 2 is very violent but you know going into it this this should have been just as gory as the first two yeah but you know merchandise sells 
Budget, $22 million, and it made $10.6 million oh. at the box office. That means it's time for... Hey, I know you. And and that we do this time we around. Do. We, we do, we know every fucker in this film. Robert John Burke plays Robocop. <laughs> he does. He, he, he tries. He plays the fuck out of Robocop. He... Um, yeah. Probably going to come up during the podcast, but he takes the role very seriously. He, he thought he was getting an Oscar for this. Yeah, he thought he was the real Shakespeare company. Um, Peter Weller obviously made the role iconic and controlled the popular belief. He was actually interested in reprising his role for this film and actually visited Fred Decker personally. And they spent a good half an hour talking together in which he told him he wanted to do it, but had a conflict with Cronenberg's Naked Lunch, which was filming at the same time. Um, oh, he chose wrong there, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Decker was impressed and honoured to this day by the fact that Weller actually went to speak to him. Sadly, he didn't star in the film, and we got Robert John Burke, who was in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Thinner, Tombstone, Black Klansman, The Retaliators, Two Guns, Army Wives, Sex and the City. In Sex and the City... He was Miranda's... He was the fellow lawyer who Miranda dates yeah. twice in yeah. Sex and the City, once before and then after she gets pregnant. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and lo lots more. Prolific actor. Yeah, but probably most well known for uh, the fellow lawyer who Miranda dates twice well, yeah, of in course. Sex and the City. Two the, episode arc, that was. The absolute queen, one of our faves, that is Nancy Allen, who returns as Officer Anne Lewis. Of course, you will know her from Dress to Kill, Carrie, Blowout, Robocop 1 and 2, Poltergeist 3, Terror in the Isles, Out of Sight, Sweet Revenge, Forced Entry, and lots more. Uh, she only agreed to reprise her role as Anne Lewis if her character was killed off in the first half of the film. There we are. But she, she's got more than one face on, Nancy uh, Allen, hasn't she? <laughs> Yeah, we watched an interview with Nancy Allen as we're doing our research now because we're professionals. And she spoke about how differently she approached the role for Robocop 3 and how different the character was. And then throughout the whole thing, and I was like, You're a liar. You die. You're barely in the film. Why are you telling this interviewer? all the stuff that you've done to characterise uh, characterize Lewis when she's on the screen for like 10 minutes. The interview was longer than the <laughs> fucking screen time. And she said, oh yeah, in Robocop 3, she's a lot more feminine. How? She grew her hair. That's it. She has long hair in this film. I mean, fair play to her trying to sell it. You know, she wanted those paychecks to God keep bless her, in. But yeah. Um, yeah, she's a fucking liar. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and and she said about how great the female representation is, but let's be honest, it's it, I mean, it, it's not awful, but it's not great. Um, well, it's just not there. Is one it? Of, one of the best is actually our next the next up on uh, on Hey I Know You is uh, CCH Pounder who plays Bertha. Um, she actually said in an interview in 1993 um, that in the original script, how it was written, Bertha was supposed to be a large, like, enormous large, uh, black lady, uh, who's very imposing, uh, very stereotypical, um, by that point. Um, but she objected to that, and said, uh, you know, why not use someone who's sort of large in her head, 
larger smarts or something, you know, conviction. That feels very strongly about her course, and that is what really drives people through and gives them force and the power to stand up against things. And Fred Decker said, you know what, we should have thought of that in the first place. Well, fuck yeah, you should have. Like, seriously? Yeah. 1993. We should have thought that in the first place. What, <laughs> writing a better character? Not writing a stereotype. Oh, wow. Good black representation. Wow. Wow. Good thinking. What a revelation. <laughs> Bloody hell. There's some smart thinking there. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Um, CCH Pounders, actually, yeah. And Bertha, I think, is one of the better represented females in the film. Um, and you could tell she had her involvement in that character and pushed it forward to where she wasn't a stereotype. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was in Avatar, All That Jazz, Face Off, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Orphan, The Shield, The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, X-Files, Postcards from the Edge, and so much more. She's had a really great career. Yeah, contrary to IMDb, I think her most well-known, or most well-received role was in Baghdad Cafe, mm. a film I really want to see. Um, looks great. Yeah, but I think that's the one that she had the lead in and yeah, really her yeah. film, rather than just a supporting player. Yeah, Rip Torn uh, is in this as the CEO, acting legend Rip Torn. We've got how to act. Yeah, uh, he was in Men in Black, Freddy Got Fingered, The Man Who Fell to Earth, The Larry Sanders Show, Dodgeball, Airplane Two, Marie Antoinette. Was he in? I haven't got it in my notes, but was he in Dolly Dearest? No. I never watched Who Dolly am I Dearest. thinking? I never watched it. I he said, was in Freddy Got Fingered. I know he was in Freddy Got Fingered, but I swear he was in Dolly Dearest. Or someone who looked like Rip Torn was in Dolly Dearest. Now, I haven't seen it myself, but funny story, weird tangent for this episode of all episodes. Um, but Dolly Dearest was on a videotape in my old house when we moved in, okay. in Coventry, which is, is really, really strange. Uh, someone just left it there. Out of all the films. He is, yeah, Rip Torn is in Dolly Dearest. Dolly Dearest. I remember that because his name was on the videotape. Um, I'd like to see it. It looks trashy as fuck, but, you know. I mean, the poster looks amazing. Um, yeah, if you've seen Dolly Dearest, let us know. He, um, also... Two fun facts I have about Rip Torn, apart from both of his names mean the same thing. Sissy <laughs> um, Spacex cousin. Is he really? Got her into acting. Wow. Also, um, fairly famous video from the film Maidstone of him and uh, Norman Mailer getting into an argument offset, like a real argument. I honestly thought you and were going to say... And Rip Torn tries to kill Norman Mailer with a hammer. Wow. I, thought I think gonna, it's a hammer. I thought you were going to say it was a sex tape then. I was like, no, okay, let's pause no. the episode. No, that was Jack Nance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck happened to Rip Torn in this film. He's always He was always great in Men in Black um, in those films. He always uh, put in a really good performance. He was great in Dodgeball as well. Um, and, and then he was in this. Jill Hennessy uh, plays Dr. Marie Lazarus. She was in Dead Ringers, Wild Hogs, Crossing Jordan. Law and Order, Exit Wounds, The Blacklist, Crawford, Two Ninas, Kiss and Tal, and more. Familiar with Jill Hennessy? No. no. No, not at all. Bruce Locke plays Otomo. He was in Mortal Kombat Conquest, The Man in the High Castle, NYPD Blue, Hero, Mind Games, Gargoyles, Murder, She Wrote, and more. Uh, and Fred, well, he was cast. Fred Decker cast him because 
and I quote, his exact words, I shit you not, he cast him because he looks like a Japanese action figure. Okay. There we are. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the role, it, it, <laughs> it makes sense. What, the what a way to put it. Like, seriously. <laughs> you look plastic. I'm going to hire you. Um, Robert DeQuay, or DeQuay, uh, play, he returns as Sergeant Warren Reed, What Reverend Robocop 1 and 2, Miracle Mile, of course, uh, Nashville, Shortcuts, Coffee, I Don't Buy Kisses Anymore, My Two Dads, Starman, the TV show, My Science Project, and more. Yeah, um, Nashville, one of my favourite films of all time. He's such a charismatic, yeah, like, great actor. actor, great actor. I, I really like everything I've seen him do. Finally, Remy Ryan plays Nico. <laughs> right. Um, barely. Beauty and the Beast TV show. Right. Um, the Linda Hamilton the, one. Yeah, yeah. Right. The Flash 90s TV show, Children of the Bride, Fine Things, Monkey Trouble, Ava's Magical Adventure, Toto Lost in New York, and more. Do you remember Monkey Trouble? No. The kid, the annoying kid with a backwards baseball cap who was just wandering around with a monkey. Oh. Like, it was always on, the advertisement was always on my videotape for the mask oh, when I was younger. Okay, I remember the poster. Speaking of which, I have history with Robocop 3. <gasps> I actually have history. Wow. Um, so when I was younger, I'd have, um, you know, VHS collection, foreshadowing for the future. And uh, I played Last Action Hero to death. And with playing Last Action Hero to death, I played the advertisements before it. So this was part of Cinema Club, and it was uh, Boys in the Hood, The Fisher King, I believe, Candyman. Um, what's the You Can't Handle the Truth film, Jack Nicholson? A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. And Robocop 3. Uh, it was a little trailer reel, and it was always... Oh, and uh, see, no see No Evil, Hear No Evil. But Robocop 3, I was always... The fuck is Sino Evil here, no evil? The cop comedy, where one's blind, one's deaf. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. How have you not heard of that? Oh, is that Richard Pryor and I Gene believed... Wilder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know which one, one you're talking about. Oh, fucking hell. Um, but yeah, and then... Uh, I remember watching a watered-down version of Robocop when I was younger... Um, because I would have fucking remembered the stuff that happened in Robocop, but I remember it was really tame. I remember the animated series. I remember having the figures. I remember Robocop 2, and I remember, specifically remember this one. Um, and when I got older and watched the films again, I was one shocked by the violence in the first two. <laughs> like, where the fuck did that come from? That wasn't there when I watched when I was younger. Um, and then, yeah, Robocop 3, I was just shocked by how shit it was. Um, yeah. I don't really have a history. I mean, I watched it once many years ago and thought, right, I'll watch that again. Did you not play Robocop versus Terminator? I didn't know. Oh, we need to see if we get Is that a SNES game? I believe it was, yeah. That was amazing. There was a, there was a Robocop 3 game, wasn't there? No, there was. Um, yeah, no. Um, I, I knew Robocop from many, many years ago. Um, I remember specifically seeing the scene from the original film of his wife going around the house. Mm. Um, and that was it. You know, I, I remember it. I don't remember it being violent. I probably watched the watered down version of it as well. And then obviously I thought it was, you know, 
going to be shy when I watched Robocop and I was like, oh wow, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Watched two and three because, you know, I had the set and Robocop three. Nope, not going to watch that again. Then I met Gary and he suggested it for this podcast episode. This is one of the first films I had in mind when starting a podcast. Really? Yeah, this is amongst those. Uh, we still haven't done all of them. Oh? <laughs> Freddy's dead. Um, t- Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, we still haven't done all of them yet. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Sex and City 2. Um, we haven't <laughs> done all of them yet, but um, this is this is up there. Because I, I just remember it being a trash piece. And I still found things to laugh about. I don't know if I'd call it a full... Tr- we'll get to that later on. Yeah. But one thing, one interesting thing to say before we get into the film is the fact that we both think we watched watered-down versions of this film. And just how much merchandise... The original film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of the first one, sorry. Um, yeah. And just how much merchandise was available... For Robocop, yeah. considering it was an adult film when it was first released. Yeah, and also kind of anti-capitalism. Yeah. And yeah, anti-commercialism. Yeah. And then it's like, here's all this crap with Robocop on. And bitch, we're maximalist. We love all that shit. As I stand here, I've got loads of Robocop stuff around me, I can see. Um, so I'm not judging anyone, but the First film was kind of anti that. It was, it was, um, which is crazy. I mean, it wasn't just Robocop, you know, Aliens, The Terminator, Predator, all these films. I mean, Batman, even Batman, you know, that was at 15 when mm. it was first released. All these films that weren't aimed towards children and they were just flooding with merch. You know, it's, it's so strange when you look back to those days and how things were handled. Um... But technically, do you not get that now? We do. I, I mean, there's nothing to stop a kid going into Forbidden Planet and buying a Chucky doll. That's true. I mean, look at the Batman this year. That's a 15. Yeah. You know, um, and there's... In kids' toy shops, I mean, the entertainer, they sell their whole Batman range. I suppose we're past Happy Meal toys now. <laughs> wow. I suppose we wouldn't get um, Happy Meal toys of the Batman. No. No. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's crazy to me. And I'd also love to get my hands on any of that merch. So if anyone knows of any, go in. Yeah. Uh, and now for our feature presentation. 477 to dispatch. We have a code three. Robocop. The state of the art. Police officer. No loitering. In law enforcement technology. I thought your ninja was supposed to take care of Robocop for me. Robocop 3. Back to fight the system. Rated PG-13. Starts November 5th. Five years after the events of the previous film, Omni Consumer Products, OCP, have succeeded in their plan from prior films and have acquired the city of Detroit via bankruptcy. Oh, Orion Films. Oh, touching a raw nerve there. (laughs) Uh, But are now struggling with their plans to create the new Delta City. The Delta City dream of the now deceased OCP CEO lives on with the help of the Japanese Kanemitsu Corporation, which has brought a controlling stake in OCP and is trying to finance the plan. Kanemitsu, CEO of the corporation, proceeds with the plans to remove the current citizens in order to create Delta City but is dubious about the competence of his new partners. Um, yeah, and, and due to, just to get you up to date, by the way, this is how much backstory they put in between films. 
Due to passive resistance by the Detroit Police Department towards mass eviction, OCP creates a heavily armed private security force called the Urban Rehabilitators, nicknamed the Rehabs, under the command of Paul McDaggart to forcibly relocate the evicted citizens, such as the residents of the now-condemned Cadillac Heights. Okay. Oh my god, and we get that within the opening scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Robocop 3 did not need that much fucking backstory. <laughs> We get it as, as a news report, um, and it did make me laugh, 1993's idea of futuristic thugs on the news, uh, like really 80s looking punks. <laughs> this, my, my confusion is that in the future, the punks look like 10 years previous. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, which I mean, it's a cool aesthetic for it this is, kind it of film. It is, it is. I like that. You know, you know but it's, we've kind of seen it many we, we've times. We've all seen Escape from New York. Yeah, um, we've all seen a trauma film. Cadillac Heights, the idea we've all seen of... Grotesque, oh. was that after this? Um, Cadillac Heights, the whole idea of that, what do you think, is that trying to say anything about that time? Because it isn't too um, far removed from the housing project idea in Candyman. You see a lot of these sort of... Poor neighborhoods represented in early nineties films. Do you think it says a lot about the time, or it's do you think the makers me... of Robocop even looked that far into it? Yeah, they probably <laughs> did. One of my biggest gripes with the film is that it tries, but doesn't go far enough. It doesn't try hard enough. It's there. It's peppered. You know the social commentary. Yeah, it's essentially the same social commentary we were getting in films for many years before. Um, yeah, the opening advertisement for the new Delta Cities, it's given MAGA energy. Yeah. It's given um, suburbanites, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, uh, in terms of American cinema, American literature, American history, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah. It really, it genuinely is, you know, so many much better films dealt with this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but... You know, it, it yeah, it's a bit stale by this point. Well, but I can see what they're trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, it really misses the mark of what the first film did. The first film was obviously a satire. It's Paul Verhoeven, it's what he does. Um, you know, a satire with social commentary. And it does it perfectly. It's spot on. Like, you know, as I said, the first film was a masterpiece. This seems to either forget the satirical elements or it just gets some incredibly wrong. It's what confuses me is usually when films are as um, inconsistent as this mm. one, it's because someone's come in and shredded the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Some big brass guy, some big fat cat at the uh, producer's table comes along and says, no, 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 no. Yeah. And it's incoherent. Seemingly that never happened. No. Um, seemingly. This is just how it was written, and it's given me basic. It is basic. It's not it's interesting. It's yeah. it's a part of the film, but it's not a big enough part of the film to keep my interest. Well, and like I said, it's tried and tested formula, and I'd seen it done much better previously. Yeah. I mean, this is probably a good point to bring this bit of trivia up, actually. Um, I'm sure you would have noticed, as I noticed, and as many people noticed, this is pretty much a bloodless film. Mm. In, in a violent franchise and again as you mentioned you know 
merchandise had to be sold. And by this point, I believe they wanted a non-violent live-action film to go alongside the animation, the animated yeah. series. You know, because you can only sell adult toys for so long. Not those Excuse adult me. Toys. toys for an adult film for so long before, you know, pe- people start questioning it. Um, many years after the release of this film, Fred Decker voices opinion about the finished product. Whilst he maintained that he had a great time making it and was still pleased with the result, he admitted that uh, there were inherent problems with the film as well as limitations in its production. And he felt one of those was Murphy Robocop's personal journey uh, that had already been wrapped up in the first film, leaving little more for him to do than just fight bad guys in the sequels. And his biggest regret was that he toned down the action uh, cynicism and violence too much at the request of the studio who wanted to direct the film at a younger audience because of everything we've just mentioned uh, also the basic premise of Robocop siding with homeless people against an evil company did not suit the political climate at the time lastly he had intended to put in more Hong Kong style action through the Otomo character um, because he's a big fan of that genre and you know Shaw Brothers and etc etc uh, but he lacked the budget to hire an Asian stunt team that could pull it off. Yeah. So that um, gives a bit of context it, uh, to the vi- lack of violence and it, it's how what I got is. from that was that he was going to write uh, a more violent screenplay, yeah, more cynical, um, like the first film. Yeah, yeah. But the studio told him not to. Rather than he wrote it and then the studio took... Because there's a difference there. Yeah, yeah. So the inconsistencies within the script are still his fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still his fault. I mean, yeah, he worked within limitations that he didn't give. But, you know, mm. it's still... Yeah, it's yeah. still at least 75% your fault, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would have been really cool if it was more Hong Kong heavy... Um, yeah, that that is interesting. Um, I mean, why are we getting Japanese characters when he wanted to go for the that? That is true. That style, is true. But I don't think we've got enough time to get into <laughs> that. Um, yeah, that that would have been interesting. Would it work in a RoboCop film? No. I mean, if my problem is the first film is so good, it didn't need a sequel. No. One, two, no. or an animated no. series. No. It didn't need it. Um, so, first of all, this film shouldn't exist anyway. Because it didn't yep. need a sequel. Yeah. Second of all, if you're going to force a sequel on us, please just rehash the first film. <laughs> just rehash it. I don't mind. I ain't going to cry. You know, it's better than what you actually delivered. Yeah. Just rehash it. Just do the same thing over and over again. Unless you're James Cameron. In which case, please, just do whatever you want. Because, that you know... We were talking about robots and cops and a sequel. The year this film was made, a much better one was released. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it's it's different. Like the first Terminator, you could continue that story. Yeah. The you know, Alien, you could continue that story yeah. with that character, Robocop, and in turn, Lewis, God bless her, weren't interesting enough. For us to get more no. of the same. No, it's wrapped up. The uh, first uh, film. More, more, yeah. It was wrapped up. Yeah. They, they survived. The, the people 
you know, this, that, and the other. It just, it wasn't necessary. Which makes it interesting that we're getting the requel being made, Robocop Returns, with Peter Weller. And Nancy Allen? I hope so. Oh, no, she's dead. She's not dead. In the film. Uh, no, she didn't. She dies in this Her film. Requel. What's a requel? Did you not watch Scream? Oh, I mean, dumb. A direct sequel to the first film, like Halloween. Scream? Oh, that wasn't a recall, was it? No, but they talked about... Recall. Recall. Okay. Direct sequel to the original. Oh, fucking hell. So, yeah, so Nancy Allen's still alive. Just make it. You don't even have to explain yourself. It's fine. <laughs> Just say, this is it. No, no one remembers Robocop 3. It's fine. Fucking, <laughs> no, you make up fucking words for everything. People, Jesus, people don't remember Robocop 2. It's okay. It's recall. Okay, um, I get it. But, yeah, with this film being directed towards children, we get what absolutely no one wants, uh, a child lead character, Nico Halloran. Uh, a young resident of Cadillac Heights, skilled with computers. Uh, she loses her parents in the relocation process after a very funny scene where a gigantic bow-looking object crashes through her window right after her dad tells her there's nothing to worry about because yeah. it's safe where they live. Like, what part of what you watched on the news didn't make you feel a little unsettled? Like, <laughs> how can you tell her it's safe where you live? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um... After her parents are separated from her, they're put onto buses. Um, she continues to walk around the deserted areas, shouting, Mum, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you've just seen them be dragged off. They can't hear you from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this idea of be people being moved from their homes because they want to build something better. You know, really interesting. Yeah, we've seen it before, but they could have done something with it because it's slightly yeah. different to the first film. Uh, it just, yeah, it, it's there. Yeah, we're introduced to Bertha, uh, a homeless woman who tells people not to believe their lies and calls them Nazis. Uh, so she gets hit in the face and manhandled before placing an explosive on a crane and blowing it up. Yeah, queen energy. She's having none of it. She's like, fuck you lot. Um, so she's our rebel leader, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Nico, uh, yeah, she's wandering around shouting mum and dad. She finds a Robocop action figure. Come on, guys. Shameless, shameless advertising there. There, there you go. Uh, and then runs away from one of the OCP officers. The homeless, uh, homeless Bertha and her resistance group take Nico into her van before blowing up more stuff. Um... They try breaking into the uh, OCP police station, steal some weapons, and Nico programs one of the uh, intimidating robots in the first film, ED-209. The ones that can't go down the stairs. Yeah, well, the ones that fucking blew a guy to pieces. Yeah. Uh, she programs it to be as loyal as a puppy. And if you wanted one scene to sum up this entire film, that's your scene. Yeah. Um, why is she so good with computers? This is never explained. Just because. Just she's just she's yeah. a child who's very good with computers. Yeah, she relates to Steve Jobs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the resistance gang break into uh, the building and steal a bunch of weapons. A guy try. By the way, this is a Christmas home, everyone. Have Merry Christmas. Was that, yeah, and it wasn't even written by Shane Black. I know. Um, a guy tries robbing a diner full of cops, but is of course stopped by the cops. Yeah, Freaking hilarious. So funny. Um, incredible, groundbreaking humour. Um, yeah. Um, one of the cops is... 
a returning Lewis, Nancy Allen. And she does her famous bubblegum pop. Yeah. And uh, it's her turn to go fight crime. I don't know, what's the term I want? Go fight crime. It's radioed in. She she has to go. So she's she's the one uh, tasked with finding the rebels with two of her colleagues. Yeah. The, the... the colleagues ask about Murphy. Oh, well, who's this Murphy guy? <laughs> like, was this? I mean, did you I watch, watch the, the first, first two. Now? You know, was that not big news? Yeah, how does he not? Detroit? How do they not know? Like, oh, you're quite close, aren't you? You two? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, how do they not know who he is? <laughs> uh, well, they chase Bertha and company as very generic music plays. Uh, one thing that this film really annoys me with is the soundtrack. But it's the returning composer. It gives you the first film, the the main yeah. theme, and then the rest of it is really generic, I thought. It was, it was, which is shocking considering it's the same composer as the first film. Uh, Lewis crashes after Bertha's pal, one of her rebel colleagues, uh, changes traffic lights, yeah. relying on other drivers being blithely unaware of the police sirens <laughs> to get away. So they change it to green so they can cross. Then they change it again. So a car completely oblivious to the sirens and the flashing lights just drives straight into Lewis. Um, oh, who's um, who was driving it? What film? The lead from Frankenhooker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he yeah, he plays a big shot, fancy car, uh, and he says, uh, "You give a broad a bad, and she gets delusion of gander, huh?" And then Nancy Allen says, "It's grand, you dumb shit." <laughs> and she says to him, uh, "I'll make you a deal, tough guy. You want to eat your tie? Keep it up." <laughs> Dialogue is amazing. <laughs> so the thing is, that would work in a comic book. Do you not think, you know, if you want to eat your tie and keep it up? Like a little bubble next to Nancy Even Allen's when head. it comes to comic books, that's still pretty fucking bad. Um, so, yeah. Um, some... They're called Splatterpunks. Splatterpunks. They've crashed into the area of Splatterpunks. According to the subtitles. They shoot the guy from Frankenhooker. <laughs> and, um, yeah. They threaten to kill the police. Robocops. Oh, did he, did we tell you that you joined in? Whatever. Because... Oh yeah, this is hilarious because I mean we're going. To, you're in 1993. You're gonna see a film called Robocop Three. Who do you expect to see? Nancy Allen. Aside from Nancy Allen, Robocop. Of oh. course, his name's in the fucking title. Of course. They treat this like it's a big fucking surprise. Like it's so ridiculous. He starts chasing after the resistance, and uh, Nico's like, "Oh, it's, it's him! It's him, isn't it?" Oh, the big reveal. And the big reveal. The big reveal. You see the car in his uh, visor, and then when he, uh, then when he arrives to to shoot up the splatterpunks, he has the most dramatic entrance. And I really feel like the actor was like, "Okay, you've got to do this. You, you've really got to create this big entrance for me. Everyone's going to be so shocked when Robocop turns up." <laughs> And he just fucking shoots his way out of his car and spins around while shooting people. And it looks so dumb. I mean, it's it's supposed to look amazing, but it, it looks so stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, the big reveal is how shit his suit looks. <laughs> which apparently was made for Peter Weller. Yeah, it was. So the actor playing Robocop, whose name I forget, my apologies, um, actually got like a really bad neck because it just didn't fit him. <laughs> 
That that explains the performance. Oh well, he you know as I said in his interview, he had to get into the mindset of this character and the emotion uh, and the physicality. You know, he had to really lose himself in this role. Yeah, uh, especially when two of the hoodlums set Robocop on fire. <laughs> uh, completely pointless scene. He's on fire. Um, Weird looking fire stunt work. Goes into a shop, sets the sprinklers off, arrests the two guys, and then walks back out. Apparently, this scene was written into the film to explain why Robocop's face didn't look like Peter Weller anymore. Ah, that explains it. Um, yeah, it's it looks as basic <laughs> as that sounds because the guys are like, oh, we got you now. And then the sprinkler goes off, and he's like, oh. With his gun and you're under arrest. Not like killing them like he would in the previous film. <laughs> um, Robocop sees Nico... Oh, uh, Nico... Uh, Robocop sees Nico outside of a church. <laughs> and the film really lingers on Robocop looking at a depiction of Jesus on the facade of the church. Yeah. And I definitely feel like I know where we're going with this one. I don't... Frank Miller religious is Frank uh, Fred Decker religious or do you think it's I feel like there's been some religious imagery in his comic there's graphic novels but not to the point that he would be I mean I could be wrong I haven't read everything he's done but from what I've read I, I don't think he'd base a whole thing off it but this is definitely Robocop sees Jesus and realises he needs to help Essentially, it, it is, you know. Um, it definitely, it really feels like Robocop finds his soul through the healing powers <laughs> of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then from the image of him watching Jesus Christ, we cut to uh, Kanimitsu looking very shady on a screen, reading OCP and Americans to filth yeah. for being fat and lazy. And this is the point I definitely know where this film is going. Um, yeah, the Japanese are not only evil, they're efficiently evil. Yeah. And like Americans who are evil, but fat and lazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, are we not past this shit by 1991? Clearly not. Clearly not. Are we not? You know, he... Oh God, no, this went on for ages. They wanted to do a film that celebrated Asian culture. Yeah. And wanted to celebrate Hong Kong cinema. But then had Japanese, Japanese, <laughs> you know, villains in it. it. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. And it's um, all based on stereotypes. It's the whole "you Americans are fat and lazy" yeah. thing. It's, ugh, it's fucking screenplay is fat and lazy. Because um, also this film is way too long than it have any right to be. Mm -hmm. Um, not just Japanese evil people. We get the British McDaggett. Yeah, um, which I thought I misheard when yes. uh, his name was first used. <laughs> That's McDaggett. Um, he incoherently reads the CEO, played yeah. by Rip Torn, to filth. No idea what he's talking about. Um, and I'm British too, so Lord forbid any American in 1993 <laughs> knew what the fuck he was going on about. Who cares? Um, we also get the introduction to... He, never... he didn't have a name in the film. So I just called him Robot Ninja. Otomo. 
Ottimo. Yeah. Ottimo. But that's not that's not said in the film, is it? I think it is. Is it? Yeah. Or was Once it during that twice. incoherent McDaggart part? I, maybe. Um, yeah, Robot Ninja, it's given me very 1991. Double Dragon. Double Dragon. <laughs> it's, you know, it's given me Sega Mega Drive, Shinobi. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of depiction of a ninja. Um, an OCP dickhead tells the smart and beautiful Dr. Marie Lazarus to get rid of Robocop's emotions. Um, yeah, she's young. She's pretty. Um, she survives till the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone with the name Lazarus. Oh, yes. Yeah. So in the Bible, Lazarus was revived by Jesus four days after his death. Uh, he also had a sister called Mary, mm. which, again, I'm thinking we're getting some biblical <laughs> references here. Just what you need from a robot. Dr. Marie Lazarus. Also, uh, yeah, they, they want Robocop sent to be part of the rehab team and bring in the people from the Cadillac Heights. Oh, yes. So that's why they want his memories uh, erased. Um, but instead of erasing his memories, she just sits around and watches him like she's watching a film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she doesn't want to do it, does she? No. Um, now, probably my second favourite line of dialogue in this film, or conversation exchange... <laughs> As Lewis and Murphy are leaving the police station... Yes, after he uh, he saw the Jesus thing again. Yeah. It made, it made him want to go and save the day. It did. So he wants to go to the church to help them out because of Jesus. Um, Lewis, on the other hand, somebody shouts to her, Hey, Lewis, you want your body armour? <laughs> she says, No, I'm off duty. <laughs> She'll regret that. <laughs> and she will definitely regret that. Because before we know it, they're off to the church. McDaggett's team turn up and McDaggett shoots them both. Yeah, they're just there trying to defend the civilians. Um, and she gets killed. She gets killed, that's it. If only she had listened to that random copy told us to wear her body armour. She had fuck all to do in this film. I hope she got a good payday. Bless her, Nancy Allen deserves a good payday. Hey, she gets her emotional death scene. Wow, wow. So, Robocop picks her up and lies her down in front, uh, lays her down, excuse me, um, in front of the altar in the church. (laughs) Jesus uh, will after her. Yeah, I'm not sure what symbolism we're getting there. Um, But yeah, and now she's dead. Yeah. Officer down. Officer down. Officer down. (laughs) She tells Robot to get him, to get those boys for her. Oh, yeah. Get them for me, won't you? Uh, Yeah. And then he's unable to fight back because of his fourth uh, directive programming. So he's saved by the resistance group and eventually joins them. Uh, Yeah, so Otomo goes to McDaggett. uh, And as he arrives... (laughs) I don't know if this should be funny. Uh, But another OCP employee has had it with his job and jumps out the window. He does. So the idea is that OCP is going downhill because uh, the world is being told that Robocop killed Officer Lewis. Um, So OCP is going downhill and because they're rich people, they can't even fathom 
living without being rich, no. so would rather throw themselves out of the window. Yeah. Down ten stories. That's funny. That's something you'd seen the that's, first film. That's satire. Yeah. That needs better explaining than in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was in the first film, we probably would have seen the aftermath. Yeah. You know? Um, it's what I mean by those little hints of the first mm. film, which is why I can't 100% hate this, but it just doesn't it doesn't deal with it correctly. Yeah, because after that, um, quite a, a funny, dark scene... Um, Otomo walks in on another employee of the company slagging off uh, Kanemitsu mm. and the CEO fires him and tells him to kiss his wrinkly butt. Yeah. Great. Who's uh, 10-year-old child helped him write that scene? Yeah. Um, is this when he goes off and shoots himself and we never see him again? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the one... No, I don't know who it was. Um... We're introduced to the Rebels' makeshift home in an abandoned warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not remember, but it's given me that episode of the Golden Girls where the girls end up at a homeless shelter. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, what was the song? Brother, can you spare? <laughs> I don't know, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it's given me that. And they sort of pan over the whole place and it's... Yeah, you know, the kids being taught by a teacher and um, everyone sort of snuggled up and all that, this, that and the other. And it's just like, what are you trying to say here? What? Yeah. What? You're trying to say something. You have to be trying to say something because this pan it goes on far too long. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not trying to say something, you're wasting my time. <laughs> but I don't know what you're trying to say. Like what? No. What is your purpose? May, am I being thick? Am I being the stupid one? Who knows? But I'm not getting what you're trying to sell me, and that's so frustrating because it does feel like your time's wasted. Like, what was what was the purpose of that? It's to show a community, mm. but but for what purpose are you showing me this community that they've created? You know, yeah. like, who are these people? Because by all accounts, someone like Nico came from a fairly well-off family. They yeah. had a nice... Yeah, it was, maybe wasn't in the best area, but their house seemed really nice. Yeah. You know, she had a fucking laptop, for fuck's sake. <laughs> she must have learned how to fix all these robots somehow. Yeah. So, you know, who are these people mm. Ex- exactly? If you're going to talk about, if you're talking about race, yeah. then you need to show that. If you're talking about poverty, then you need to show that. Yeah. Because that's, I'm not getting who these people are yeah. just from a slow pan around the fucking warehouse. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, Because Robocop was severely damaged during the shootout, uh, Dr. Lazarus is called to go and help him. Now... This I'm reminded of now and forgot about by the time the film finished last night. Um, you know the uh, resistant arrest dialogue that we couldn't get our heads around later in the film. Mm. It makes even less sense. Because when Dr. Lazarus treats Robocop, she deletes the fourth directive uh, thing in the process. So he could have just shot oh, yeah, him later of course. on. Yeah. We'll get back more of that to come. 
We get hilarious. That's, a, that's just a rehash of the original. Yeah. What I found funny was Nico goes to the police station mm-hmm. with the OCP guys there. Yeah. Who have previously tried to arrest her. Yeah. She goes there and she just starts walking around. She's apparently <laughs> invisible because no one gives two shits about no. this kid. And then she goes and fetches Dr. Marie Lazarus. Yes. Yeah. We get a hilarious conversation between Nico and Robocop about her dead parents. Um, he does a scan on her. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll find my parents again someday. He does a scan. Um, and it's like, <laughs> no, they're dead. And uh, <laughs> I, you kind of untend the hook. She's like, okay, how's he going to say it? How's he going to say it to her? He's like, do you miss your parents? Yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah, it's like. Oh, that's good then, because that way it'll never be gone. Like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, she never does find but she out, does, does she? Yeah, but she doesn't acknowledge it. He basically told her, and she just doesn't acknowledge it. She but, just... No, but just, <laughs> even at the end of the film, she's totally unaware. No, she's like, yeah, that's all right. She doesn't ask about them after no. this, does she? She's like, whatever. Um, during the raid earlier on, the Resistance picked up a jetpack prototype, uh, originally intended for Robocop's use. Which Lazarus uh, modifies and upgrades to hold Robocop, and we'll get to oh. uh, we'll get to see that later on. Of course. Uh, after recovering from his injuries, Robocop conducts a one-man campaign against the rehabs and OCP. He goes to the police station where a random guy is bugging poor Sergeant Reed. Um, he's like, "You got an alien cop? You got a robot cop? You got a vampire cop? Yeah. What are you talking about?" <laughs> Bugging him at the counter. They have the right to know. Um, <laughs> Robocop marches through. A bunch of guys are there um, in, in one of the rooms. And one of them says, hey, you got a light? Robocop walks through. He's like, allow me, scum. <laughs> 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 and uses his flamethrower to just fucking destroy everyone. Um, <laughs> Sounds naughty. And he wants to know where McDaggett is. Uh, he then finds two members of the rehab team sexually harassing a girl. Uh, he arrives and says, she said, no, maybe you have a hearing problem. He shoots them and says, go home, young lady. You're in violation of curfew. Like, okay, why are you quipping now? What? What's? Where has this come from? Like, what has Dr. Lazarus did to you? What's she done to you? Yeah, because he was, he was like, boring. He's before, really boring in the first half. Now he's fucking Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Um, so McDaggett is at a seedy hotel where it's very obvious every patron is a prostitute. And they're playing He's So Strange by the Go-Go's. Yes. Um, he, for some reason, McDaggett is talking to Kanimitsu on FaceTime. Uh, <laughs> Kanimitsu is now talking like a robot for no reason whatsoever. Uh, McDaggett is joined by Kuntz. Yes, you heard me correctly. Kuntz. Who is one of the rebels? Yeah, and he's selling him information. Yes. The bastard. Yeah, Robocop shows up, and he says he goes up to McDaggett, looks him in the eye, and says, "I have a message from Officer Lewis." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Please leave your message. After but he doesn't time. say anything. He's given he so much time. Literally, McDaggett gets away. He yeah. literally gets away because he stands there for ages trying to yeah. think of his message from McDaggett jumps out the window, goes into a van, <laughs> and drives off. And he still hasn't got this message. So then Robocop commandeers a vehicle from a pimp. 
Um, fun fact, this was actually the scene was the inspiration for the MTV series Pimp My Ride. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the, to a hilarious effect, the car is bright pink on mm -hmm. the outside, and on the inside there's, like, fairy lights and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is very... out. This is very, uh, beginning of Terminator 3, where Arnie goes to a strip bar and steals a male stripper's outfit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, put a robot in something flamboyant, and that's that's humor. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. It's the nineties, isn't it? It's hilarious. Uh, he chases McDaggart. Uh, McDaggart constantly shoots grenades at him, and the pink car proves to be indestructible as it continues to be driven, despite exploding multiple times from yeah. the grenades. And the only thing that stops it is a bunch of kids playing hockey in the street. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So McDaggart throws some money out of the the back door. Um, and that attracts some hockey playing kids to get in Robocop's way. Um, I'm confused by this whole curfew thing. Like, I don't understand, and I also don't understand who's being moved and who's not, because the streets still feel quite full. Yeah. Even though apparently everyone's been moved. There are times where members of the Rebels. Um, are in broad daylight walking around with no issue whatsoever. Mm. I don't know why these kids are playing hockey in the street if it's after curfew. Yeah, like sure. where's that? It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's so inconsistent in, in yeah. that I don't really know what the point of it is. True. Yeah, uh, the rehabs are attacked after McDaggett's given the information, and. Uh, most of them are killed, including Bertha. Yeah, um, Bertha, we nearly, barely knew the... Yeah. They haven't even mentioned her that much, because she doesn't really I, do much. I really felt like she did more in the film, but going through my notes, she's really not in there Yeah, um, Yeah, so Bertha has to die because um, only women under the age of 30 are allowed to live <laughs> in this film. Uh, yeah, and uh, some of the others are taken, being taken prisoner. McDaggett orders Sergeant Reed to get his team to take Cadillac Heights, but he refuses to, and all of the police force quit. So McDaggett decides to hire the next best thing instead, the Splatterpunks. Yeah, yeah. A news does. anchor is fucking fuming because of these lies being told about Robocop being part of a terrorist organisation. And she's like, no, no, do you know what? I'm sorry. No, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. <laughs> No, I'm, no, I'm sorry. This is this is shit. This is shit. And she storms off. It does show. feel like um, all the women in the film are supportive of RoboCop. And it's the only people who oppose RoboCop are men. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's biblical. I've never read the Bible. <laughs> but I think... I don't think it's a coincidence that the newscast was about priests and nuns being killed by Robocop. Yeah. There's some real... Not serious. Yeah, serious. Um, religious allegory here, mm. I feel. Um, not interested enough to really delve deep. But um, if, if anyone else is, then uh, <laughs> let me know. But I'm just like, oh, no, thank you. Sergeant Reed and his team find the resistance group, uh, employs them, and informs them that they're going to show the rehabs how real cops kick ass. 
Yes. Uh, Robocop returns to the base to find it abandoned, and one of the Otomo unit arrives and uh, starts attacking him. So he experiences another power drain, and his left arm and auto gun is destroyed, but he eventually blows off the Otomo's head with his arm-mounted gun. Yeah, it's unfortunate, really, because this is where, if they could get a Hong Kong um, stunt team in, this could have been quite interesting. But it is essentially... Robocop falling over after being kicked <laughs> and then a few flips. Yeah, There's not a, really not much a, to a, it. A white man's idea of martial arts. Yeah, well it it's it's a very watered down version, yeah. isn't it? It it's literally just flipping over his head, kick, flip, mm-hmm. kick, flip, kick. That's it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nico infiltrates the OCP building and assists uh Lazarus in broadcasting an improvised video revealing the OCP as being responsible for the city's high crime rates <gasps> and incriminating them for removing and killing the Cadillac Heights residents. Oh my god. Which causes the stocks to plunge, financially ruining and bankrupting OCP. Oh, for they already were plunging. Well, this does the job. This finishes them off. Oh. Excuse me. Having heard uh, Lazarus's broadcast, Robocop. <laughs> Robocop fucking shows up on his jetpack <laughs> and uh, shoots down all the splatter pops. It looks like Jingle all the way uh, when oh, Arnie's hell. flying around yes, in the Turbo Man suit. Um, this sequence uh, was actually. Probably insane. This, this is Phil Tippett's idea. Oh, wow. The special effects wizard behind Mad God, uh, Jurassic Park, etc, etc. Originally, the scene would have seen Robocop soaring over the crowd whilst attacking, which was filmed with miniature effects for the wide shots, uh, interspersed with close-ups of Robert John Burke shot against blue screen. However, the miniature effects were difficult to integrate into the live-action background, and the test audience was not convinced by... <laughs> They, they weren't were. convinced by someone in a fucking jetpack, which didn't look as if Robocop was really flying. Tippett then suggested to replace most of the close-ups with more miniature shots of Robocop hovering in the air whilst attacking. All but two live-action shots are replaced with uh, the wonderful shots that remain. <laughs> Come on, Phil Tippett, what the fuck is this? <laughs> It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. Really unnecessary. In a kid's film, if it was fucking Power Rangers, then you'd be like, yeah, okay. This is Robocop 3. Like, really? Um, uh, And then we get some more amazing uh, dialogue from McDaggett, who's like, okay, Mr. Robocop, come and get me. Yeah, another terrific example of the amazing dialogue there uh right before robocop proceeds to the ocp building and confronts mcdaggett uh this is where we get daggett yeah i got mcgarrett we've literally been saying mcdaggett you haven't we've been saying mcdaggett this entire time i haven't i've been saying mcgarrett no you've been saying mcdaggett have i oh i have why have i randomly written down mcgarrett (laughs) Right, okay, McDaggett. This is when we get the weird uh, bit of dialogue that makes no sense whatsoever. So, McDaggett says, how can I help you, officer? And Robocop says, by resisting arrest. And he says, don't count on it, chum. Okay. So, first of all, 
if Lazarus took away the thing that stopped Robocop killing members of staff earlier on, that renders that that dialogue exchange completely pointless. Because if he wants him to resist arrest so he can kill him, just kill him. You haven't got that in your system anymore. Yeah. Also, if it was the case that we were meant to think that didn't happen, then just arrest him. <laughs> yeah. Just arrest him, and if he resists, and kill him. And it's <laughs> what do you want? It's a cheesy throwback to the first film, where the whole idea is that Robocop couldn't kill the guy and uh, couldn't kill Dick until Dick was fired, but. Spoiler alert, that doesn't happen here. No, but, yeah, but like I said, it, literally, she took that away from him earlier. That's something in his system. So it means he no, can't... I, un I understand that. So why have this why, dialogue why have exchange it's at so, all? Why have, so that, why have that as part of the film if you're not going to have that moment where Mc McDagger is fired? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, he's then attacked and nearly defeated by two Otomo robots... Cool effect on one of their faces. Yeah, yeah, it gets mashed up a bit, doesn't it? Does. It? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but then Nico and Lazarus succeed in reprogramming them using a wireless link from a laptop, having them attack each other. This has some consequences, and we get the, fi the following monologue from McDaggart. Yes. Who says, stupid fools, don't you know what you've done to us? Those androids are programmed with a thermal failsafe device. In 15 seconds, everything within 20 yards of where we're standing will be atomized. We're dead, you stupid slag. <laughs> <laughs> he actually says, we are dead, you stupid slag. <laughs> to Lazarus, a character who has not shown any sort of... It's Inkling's been a sexual like, character. Well, slag is a very British insult. Um, it's kind of one of those weird ones that is not really swearing, so you can say it on soap operas, but it's still quite a shocking yeah, word. Just, um, it is slut-shaming, slag. Essentially means slut. Yeah. Or, or whore. Um, we laugh, though, because it's the most British. Really don't expect to hear it. So unexpected. Even though, you know, the character is British. I don't know who wrote this. <laughs> you know, Frank Miller and... Um, I think Frank Miller's British. Is he? I'm not sure. Don't, don't quote me. No. I'm not sure. If it's someone involved must have been British and said, well, why don't you call her a slag? <laughs> uh, when I say we burst out laughing. Absolute highlight of the film. Yeah. It really is the best scene. Um, and the best part is Robocop interacts with him when he says it. So Robocop responds to someone saying slag. Yeah. And says, don't count on it, chum. <laughs> don't count on it, chum. Yeah. And uh, he's right, because Robocop then uses his jetpack. That jetpack's really Very coming useful. handy. Um, to save Nico and Dr. Lazarus just before the building explodes. And huge fucking explosion, considering it's just two human-sized bombs. You say that. It's supposed to atomise everything within 20 yards. Well, it doesn't quite do that, really. No, but considering it's just two guy-shaped bombs. Also, where was this explosion earlier in the film when the other robot ninja was killed? Oh, yeah. yeah. Aren't they all, <laughs> aren't they all uh, set to self-destruct? No, apparently not. Okay. 
Um, yeah, McDaggett's gone. His last word was slag. <laughs> was it actually? Yeah. No, he must have done a... Oh. His last audible word was slag. Audible word. Uh, as old Detroit is being cleaned up, Kanemitsu arrives and finally comes face to face with Robocop along with his group, whilst his translator tells the OCP president on Kanemitsu's behalf that he's fired, as yeah. the corporation shuts down OCP for good and plans to leave Detroit. I was I feel like I've missed something in this film. Because Kanemitsu bows to Robocop. Yeah. But I thought Kanemitsu was the bad guy. Well, he sent his uh, robots after him, didn't he? Yeah. So I don't understand. It's never really explained why Kanemitsu suddenly has a change of heart, <laughs> bows to Robocop and <laughs> fires the CEO. It is a bit out of nowhere. Um, yeah. The CEO then says to Robocop, what is it they call you, Murphy? Robocop then, to finish the film, says, my friends call me Murphy. You can call me Robocop. And then da 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 Um yeah, it may have been a really cool moment in a better film. <laughs> um question, well, and I've asked it previously. Do people not remember what happened within the last two <laughs> films? Like, well, was it not newsworthy or worth remembering at yeah. all? And how do you not know it's called Robocop? <laughs> exactly. Like, what did I call you, Murphy? Were you in the news or something? Was it big news? The fact that you were the first robot police officer in the world, well, created by OCP, the company that the CEO was the CEO uh, of. Yeah. According to uh, Fred Decker, if he had to change the ending to Robocop 3, he would have had McDaggett going to the booth after Robocop's rescue at the OCP offices, uh, swipes a card and the computer at the computer terminal. Puts on a flight helmet and the OCP building starts to grow robotic arms, transforming into a massive robot. He would have had a surprise ending after the defeat of OCP by the Rebellion, when Nancy Allen would have reappeared as a Robocop like Murphy. Right. That's a lot. That That is a lot. That sounds interesting. love to have seen that. More Nancy Allen, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that, that's a lot going on, isn't it? It is a lot. But, but more preferable to... To what we've just watched. What we've just watched. I mean, yes. I would love to have seen Nancy Allen as a Robocop. Yeah, well, yeah, why didn't that exist? Lady Robocop. Yeah. I feel like there's a rip-off film called like Lady Robocop. There probably is. And then it's Lady Terminator. Oh, yeah. There has to be an Italian rip-off of Robocop. I know, I genuinely, I feel like there's a Japanese Lady Robocop film. I mean, even better if there is. Oh, my God. Let's get into our awards categories. Well, should I just give you a little uh, rundown of how I felt about that film? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Do not, do not. No, we usually do it now. No, we don't. We have our ratings. Okay. Get with the programme. No, I don't feel it's like that's... It's a new format. I don't feel like that's the truth. Talk about our old episodes. No, I don't feel like that's true. But anyway, okay. Uh, biggest Queen. Biggest Queen, CCH Pounder, the actress. Yeah. Sticking by, you know, her morals and how mm -hmm. she felt. And, you know, despite being in a role that was maybe a little replaceable, mm -hmm. um, sticking to her guns and saying, no, this is, you know, 
I'm an actress, you want me to act, this is what I'm going to give you. And it was much better for it. Yeah, yeah, I see. I wish the character had more, but, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, also, Nancy Allen in, in yeah. Finn is always a queen. Yeah. Uh, Bertha does get it. Get the biggest queen award from me, though. She's yeah, this, uh... yeah, Bertha is a character, but I for me, it's CCH Pounder yeah. specifically. Uh, biggest gasp, I have Anne Lewis dying too early. Way too early. I completely agree. Um, I forgot how early she did die in the film. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a gasp of surprise and, I don't know if this is possible, a gasp of disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Best dialogue, of course, is, we're dead, you stupid slag. <laughs> Absolutely. One thousand percent. I have... I, didn't even contemplate choosing anything else. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Just that it's because that's the kind of word they call each other on EastEnders. Uh-huh. And it's just oh so funny. And finally that's camp. I have Anne Lewis telling the fancy guy from Frankenhooker about himself after crashing into his car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a film it's not much camp in there. No. I suppose the campiest part would be um, the old jetpack. Oh, yeah, I suppose. That's, that's camp. Yeah. yeah. So, ratings and your rundown of your final thoughts. Thank you. Ratings, I give it, <laughs> I give it one slag out of five. One slag out of five. <laughs> I give it one uh, inexplicable child Robot genius out of five. I keep forgetting we have this part to do. I must think of funnier things. I do apologise. Do you think it's masterpiece, trash the piece, trash or basic? It's somewhere between trash and basic. There are parts of it that are very basic. There are other parts that are trash. And very, very minute parts border on trash to piece um but yeah it's somewhere between trash and basic yeah i mean i'll stop between trash and trash to piece to be honest because there are things i think i've got that bit of nostalgia there that doesn't make it completely unwatchable as well um there is still a lot to laugh at in the film but it's not a full-on trash to piece like it's not laughs per scene trash no no um I mean, as a whole, it's just it's shit, isn't it? It's just a bit shit. Yeah, I, I think it's cheesy, boring, stupid at times. Uh, the original Robocop is one of my favourite films. Yeah. And this absolutely pales in comparison. It's a, dila uh, a di dilated? Excuse <laughs> me. Diluted version of Robocop with none of the action or social commentary of the original. PG-13 was clearly a cash grab and it failed. Yeah, yeah. This isn't Robocop. This isn't what Robocop does. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a bit of a disaster, really. And it's a shame because it could have been a solid trilogy had this had been a good film. It just for me, it goes against everything that the original was about, yeah. and everything that I enjoyed about the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just felt like a really cheesy, made for kids cash in. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you could hear any noises in the background, it's just started raining, like yeah. heavily, randomly. It's it's a very warm 
day today, so the window is open, so we apologise. <laughs> but this is this is a better mic, so you might not hear anything at all, but just in case. It's crazy to say this in September, but it's fucking tropical. Yeah, yeah could, could, could do with some uh, social commentary on global warming. Come on, Robocop Returns. Yeah. Um, and if you'd like to check out Robocop 3, it's available on DVD, Blu-ray as part of the trilogy, and video on demand. If you enjoyed... <laughs> If by some miracle chance you enjoyed Robocop 3, I recommend checking out Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, bloody hell. I mean, you will have seen Robocop 1 or 2, hopefully. I've never if, seen if, if Robocop 3 is your first Robocop film, you, you need to sort your priorities out. Yeah, um, if you enjoyed... Definitely. If you enjoyed Robocop 3, I would recommend a former podcast film... Double Dragon. Double Dragon, yeah. Cheesy 90s. It does what Robocop's trying to do a little bit better. Um, so if you enjoyed Robocop 3, I would recommend. Or the whole 90s cheesy um, town in ruins kind of thing. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles does it quite well. With a bit more action and a bit more comedy. But I would say Double Dragon. Yeah. So if you uh, if you are a fan of Robocop Three, if there's something here we've missed, um, if, it's a hit, if it's a misunderstood gem, let us know on social media. We're Horrible Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, and Horrible Trash on Twitter. I'm dead at Gaz ninety two on Letterboxd, Gazmo two hundred five on Instagram, and Gaz Cruz ninety two on Twitter. I am Chris Barker eight two three on Letterboxd and Instagram. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like a follow on everything else, a rating on Spotify, buy our merch on redbubble.com. Next week, we are bringing you a special three-part presentation. <gasps> which we are titling Remakes of the Dead. So, yes. this is an episode dedicated to all three remakes of the Romero Living Dead films. So, we've got Night of the Living Dead... The 90s one. Dawn of the Dead by Zack Snyder. And Horrendous Day of the Dead. <laughs> Is it horrendous? It's the only yeah. one I haven't watched. Uh, two of which star in Ving Rhames. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we will be back same time, same place next week, you stupid slag. <laughs> Bye. Bye.